If you don't know how to treat one person, imagine how much of a mess it's going to be when God sends 100 people your way. You're listening to the NCMU Podcast, where we are dedicated to raising up and equipping the next generation of nerd culture missionaries and are proud members of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. In this episode, Mark talks to John Merritt, esports director at Oklahoma Wesleyan University, about his testimony and how God called him to nerd culture ministry at the collegiate level. Hello and welcome to the NCMU podcast, where we are dedicated to raising up and equipping the next generation of nerd culture missionaries. Uh, my name is Mark, and I'm one of the hosts here at NCMU, and I am joined by an amazing guest, esports extraordinaire, uh, coaching expert, Valorant pro. I don't know if that last one is true. I might just be making stuff up. Jono, welcome to the studio, bro. Hey, dude. How are you doing? Definitely not a Valorant pro, but thanks. (laughs) It's like early on a Thursday morning and I'm just like, I'm just trying to build. Am I just building too much hype for a Thursday morning recording? I don't know. I'm going to drink some coffee and then we'll decide how my brain registers that. (laughs) I'm three. I'm three cups deep right now. Just Mm. to be honest with you. Impressive. It's Madrinus, isn't it? (laughs) Uh, Wait, Madrinus? You're using word. I'm going to learn new words today on show. Give okay. me the definition of the word Madrinus. Madrinus is my coffee sponsor that I've had for five years. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, that shows how much I've hang up, hung out in your stream, I guess. That's embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> You're fine, dude. It's not. It's Kirkland. Uh, oh, it, nice. But you should get Kirkland to sponsor you um, because they probably have more money than Madrinus is my guess. I don't know. I don't know. We'll Are see you how drinking Madrinus this morning? That's the real test. Man, I have Madrinus in my office as well behind me and stuff, but we don't have to talk about that. It's not important right okay. now. Well, it it could be. It could be. How do you, well, I, you know, we're trying to get to know you. So how do you take yeah. your coffee? Like what is? Um, well, until oat milk came out, it was pretty much just Americanos and straight black because I found out that I was lactose intolerant. And it's probably just because I stopped playing soccer during the same time I was drinking too many lattes. But um, <laughs> just... <laughs> It's just like you had too many back-to-back lattes with heavy cream and became allergic to it. <laughs> Something like that. Um, I worked in the coffee shop here on campus for about two years as a barista, and um, that's what I started doing uh, around the time that I started streaming, actually. And the uh, stream grew so much that uh, it was more sustainable for me to to stream, actually, than do a work study on campus and work a regular job part-time. Um, so... I started drinking Americanos there. I forced myself to get into black coffee because, you know, everybody says that it tastes disgusting. It tastes like dirt. And uh, basically, I just suffered for three weeks because I was only you ever have like coffee mate, like French vanilla creamer. I would just do like Folgers Uh and then like 80 percent creamer. Um, And so that's that's how I grew up. And then um, so we transitioned into straight black coffee. And now I'm back to lattes with oat milk and um, Madrinus is instant coffee. So. Okay. Okay. Well, I, I am a, I'm a black coffee exclusively drinker. I've told this story before on multiple places, but at this point it, it originally had to do with wanting to feel like more of a man. Uh, and <laughs> yeah, now it's really cool. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, it's literally the only way I take my coffee every morning, two cups. If it's a big cup, three cups, if it's one of these, I have this little LTN small cup, by the way, go to love thy nerd store. Uh, if you haven't gone there yet, quick plug, and pick up one of these awesome coffee cups. It's like three cups if it's a small one. 
they're great. They actually have this really dope water bottle that they sent me, and it's awesome. And I don't know. I'll have to tell them to bring one to NCMS here in a couple of weeks. Um, speaking of, you're going to be at NCMS, and we would love for people to get to know you because you're going to be on a panel. Um, you're going to be part of pre-con, um, all that sort of stuff. And uh, we would love for people, as this episode's coming out, I think literally like right before NCMS, uh-huh. we're going to be recording everything, and it'll be live streams. So people will be able to kind of tune in for some of that. Um Tell tell us a little about yourself. Help us to get to know you. Give us a little bit of your background. Yeah. Um, so you want full on testimony? You want to hear like my journey to becoming a believer or my journey with streaming and starting that after becoming a believer? Well, like give us a little like give us the give us the 10,000 foot view, the high points, yeah. the low points, whatever you want to share of of Jono's story. Like there's there's things that have happened in your life that have resulted you resulted in you being on a podcast about nerd culture missionary and ministry work and so like what are the things that that led you to the place where you'd be on a podcast like this definitely man so um i started out as a content creator making like old call of duty montages when i was in middle school and then that dream kind of died and i got into soccer became a believer and about five to six years plus went by during that time period but um i think there was always like a passion there for creating content um, and making stuff that was one aesthetically pleasing, but was like top level. Um, and so this was, uh, goodness, I guess it was 2016, 2017. Um, there was a vlogger, uh, from San Diego, California that moved out to a small town, Oklahoma here. And, um, he started YouTube with a guy named Tanner Fox, if you know who that is. Um, and so there's early videos of my buddy Luke and Tanner with like this, like scooter squad or something. So anyways, Luke comes <laughs> out here and, uh, he's passionate about YouTube. He's got about 10,000 subs on YouTube. And uh, we start live streaming on an app called You Now, and I start sharing my testimony with people. And um, in that, people are like, literally, like, man, I feel like I was meant to be here. I feel like I was supposed to be here. I need to get my life on track. I need to get right with Jesus. And uh, we were getting hundreds of viewers like every single night, just doing IRL stuff. And it felt like it was something that God like created me to do. Like it was like when you're walking by the Spirit and you're walking in obedience with God, it's like it's, it's like deeper than the flow state, if you know what that is. And it's like mm-hmm. all cylinders mm-hmm. are firing off. It's just like, you're supposed to be there. You're, there's a reason why you're like doing this specific thing. And I'd have people like other students come up and tell me that, like that they watched the live stream and they were like, you're a natural at that. It's like, you're supposed to be doing that. That's like your thing. Um, it seems like you found like your calling. And so I ended up writing a paper uh, to our ministry department to get a new computer. And I got into live streaming. And so for about three, four years, 2017 to 2020, yeah, 2017, 2016 to 2020, um, I started building my Twitch stream. Uh, I was one of the first Christian streamers in the space. Um, I didn't bump into any other Christian streamers until, goodness, probably like 2018, 2019. Mm. Um, I think it was a, you know, I don't know if you know who Nate Bra is, but I found Nate Bra in the old school RuneScape category and we instantly connected. Um, and then I think Susie and a lot of those guys didn't, I started connecting with Garrett and Susie probably like t- right before 2020 about. So um, okay. then, then that's kind of whenever a lot of people started, there's a lot of people connected on the God squad side of stuff. Um, and I was kind of doing my, my own thing. I didn't ever sure, want they to, were kind of like a catalyst for a lot of yeah. the various people in the space. Like people yeah. would find them and through that they would begin to network with other individual creators as well. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And so it was cool. I remember sitting in my office whenever Susie raided me for the first time, I think I was playing either halo or mass effect when they came out with the master chief collection. Um, but so my journey with streaming and the fruit that was produced from my live stream in my community um, ended up catching the attention of my university. I was writing papers, my undergrads in apologetics, I'm a ministry major, and I was writing papers about uh, global models and how to use different ways and avenues to reach people from different cultures. And so 
um, I was just like full on committed to this. Like, um, I'd have people come into stream. I still remember the first message uh, from a guy. He messaged me and um, another guy named Aaron. Uh, his name's Fire Resistant, if you know who that that is. Um, and he was like, hey, I just wanted to let you know that I accepted Christ and I got plugged into my local church uh, here in town. And I wanted to like give you guys credit for being a part of that in my journey to salvation. And so like oh. instantly, like I don't even know if I've talked with this guy about how much that meant to me, but it was like, I can die now. <laughs> like I, I, I've been able to be a part of reproducing my faith. And that's like the whole reason I got into this. And so um, there's, there's many more stories, guys, that uh, have gotten scholarships, come to college at my school through my stream, getting connected with them through that, who have accepted Christ like here on campus. And so just the fruit of that um, and, and the attention that that was getting from the ministry professors uh, connected well with my university. I'm at a Christian university and um, our goal is to, to make disciples. It's, it's to reach people for Jesus. And so um, at the end of my ministry capstone class, like a week or two before COVID, probably um, the president of our school, our newer president at the time approaches me and asks me to start our collegiate esports program. So um, I spent, um, goodness, I took about a year and a half to kind of figure out how to do that and uh, figure out scholarships and kind of where the industry is at. And sure, get into because that. you were to a certain extent, right? Like you, you are a very good like FPS player, like you're pretty cracked at FPS. It's just nice. naturally, but there's a big difference between being a good video game player and yeah. figuring out what does esports look like? Yeah. What does a team look like? How do I recruit a team? How yeah. do I coach a team? How do I, yeah. you know, how do you teach people to do something oh, that way you different. just do naturally? Right. Yeah. Like, I think that is one of the hardest things that people don't realize is that if you do something very naturally, that yeah. you don't know how you do it. So it's really hard to teach someone else how to then go do that thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, very difficult. Oh, definitely. And figuring out how to like organize everything, um, what PCs we would need, what monitors we need, what are the best mm. desks? Um, how do I manage this budget of, you know, 10, so you were 20, learning all the tech side of things as well. Like is, that yeah. wasn't. And working new, with that, my that IT department familiar. on that. No. Well, I, I knew like a decent amount about it, but not nearly as much as I needed to. And so, mm. um, I mean, I'd had pre-built PCs up until that point, basically. And then our IT okay. guy, um, actually one of our guys that uh, works with uh, another streamer friend of ours, he uh, helped me build my first PC in our esports room. And so um, it was an interesting like first year. I mean, there was there's definitely some highs. I got interviewed by Christianity Today. Um, I think it's oh, Billy wow. Graham's magazine. And they were interviewing Christian uh, esports coaches in the space. Um, and so that was really awesome to get to talk with uh, that guy for about an hour. Um, and so I was getting some good support and attention from our university. And then I got rated by Tim, the tap man, um, like two weeks after that, uh, for wow. 26,000 viewers. And so, um, the stream was doing good. I mean, I was, I was, there were months where I was financially making more, um, and able to do it than my job at the university. And so, um, I was part-time for about a year and a half there at the beginning of the university. And then, um, I guess, still kind of part-time um, now that I have a family and uh, know what bills are and diapers cost and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, <clears throat> so I built that program up. We had the best Valorant team and best Rocket League team for fall semester of uh, 2022 um, in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. um, and then my Valorant boys took uh, Northwood, the uh, highest ranked team in the world to double overtime um, in the championship CVAL Collegiate Valorant tournament. And that streamed on one of eFuse's channels. So um, we had some really solid rosters this last year. We're kind of in a rebuilding phase. Um, we, we just got a new building. Um, I'm in a different office than most of you guys that have seen me before. And you even commented on it, um, have probably seen yeah. me in, um, here at the campus. And so we have, uh, we have a two story like house kind of building that they refurbished and turned into like office spaces. And so we have different offices for each of our different teams. And so, 
Um, I'm about to hopefully in the next week go with like full on recruitment mode and just start offering scholarships left and right to repair and rebuild some of our rosters and pick up new ones too. So we're looking to, to fill this space. Um, so I did that. I, I built a collegiate program and then um, I got a really awesome opportunity to become one of the co-owners of the largest land center in Oklahoma, uh, which was Rewind Esports. And uh, that's over by the Bass Pro Shop, Bass Pro Shops for anybody that's familiar with the Tulsa area. And um, so I did that for several months. Um, unfortunately, we ended up separating on good terms. Those guys are still family. Um, and then Rewind ended up shutting down um, probably like two to three months ago now. And um, hmm. so kind of a cool testimony in that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm doing this, we're running this company. It's a big learning experience as well, running uh, that big sure. of an operation. Um, and so I've, I've done the collegiate stuff I've done, I've done, uh, the, the land center stuff. And then, uh, there's a ministry that's here in town, um, that I actually started working for part-time just to kind of make ends meet. Uh, God kind of connected me with this awesome, uh, guy named Ken Dossett. Um, and Ken's, I think Ken's like 82 or almost 85 somewhere around there, but Ken's been in youth ministry for 30, almost 40 years, which is super rare for someone. Yeah, it don't happen. No. And um, the level of uh, giftedness that he has, I mean, he grew in our small town of about 35, 40,000 people. Back in the day, it was probably like 20, 25,000 people. He had a youth group with like over 200 plus students that were in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And kids from like all the neighboring cities coming to his youth group at this small Methodist church um, here in town way back in the day. And so Ken had like a 1950s soda fountain um, in this ministry. And then he would go on to, fo- to, to found the ministry that I, that I work for now as well, part-time. Um, and they're called on the rock ministries. And so they have, uh, I don't know if they still do, but for the longest time they had the largest indoor skate park, um, in the state. And so a skate park ministry where you could buy like parts and you, we had a skate team, we still have a skate team and everything. Um, and it's a multi-campus uh, ministry. Now they just opened up the old creamery building. Um, there's a lady named pioneer woman, um, and she actually is the one that donated this building to the ministry. So thank you to her. Um, I don't know if she talks about that much at all, but uh, it's kind of a low key thing. So just want to brag about her for her generosity because now it's mm. turned into a youth development center. Um, I don't know the square footage, maybe like 8,000 square feet, something like that. Um, but there's a small worship area, movie theater room, full on coffee shop. Uh, we serve a coffee company called Onyx coffee out of it. For those of you guys that are coffee guys, uh, especially in the Arkansas area, you'll know that name. Um, and we have an esports arena there. So um, over the last uh, eight months, I've built a youth uh, middle school and high school esports uh, club, basically, uh, in partnership with our local high school and middle schools. And uh, we have over 60 kids that have coaches. We have seven coaches that are coaching these kids. Um, and they're coming in once a week for practice and then another time a week, so twice a week for a game day. And they're competing in a league that's called HSEL and MSEL, which is high school esports league. Um, and there's over 200 plus high schools across the country that compete in this. And so, um, it's been an awesome way to just get my college students plugged in. They're all the ones that are working and it's actually a job. So we've created jobs for college students to be able to work and Mm. coach these youth students, um, in a Christian environment. And so, I mean, just this week, um, a way that we can reach these kids that are in this space, because not all the kids that come in are believers, um, a good amount of them are, and we have a ton of awesome parents that volunteer and some sponsors that support us. Um, but what we started doing is a verse of the week. So like we'll have announcements before practice at the beginning of each day. And if the kids can memorize this verse during the week, then walk up to me and recite the verse based on memory, then we'll give them a free soda from the soda fountain. And so we have little things like that that are built in. Um, all of my coaches are believers. Um, and it's just a really positive Christian environment, a way to get kids out of their rooms in community, competing, playing video games, 
And uh, it's just awesome to see Ken, who's, like I said, in his 80s, that gets it. Um, he, he calls it mousetrap theology. It's like, let's create a mousetrap um, <laughs> and put some cheese there and let's catch people for the gospel because that's the only thing that matters at the end of the day. And so for him to get that and to support esports, which is such a brand new thing, a gaming thing. I mean, we have a custom broadcasting booth. It's like an $8,000 setup. Um, it's pretty, pretty incredible. And so what ended up happening is Rewind shut down, but then my former business partner blessed us at this ministry with an incredible deal to buy almost half of everything that was at Rewind, maybe a little bit more. And so now everything that was at my former company about an hour away is now here locally um, at the mm-hmm. ministry for my college students now and my youth kids to have access to. So, Bro, that's awesome. Um, really cool to see how God has had his hand on all of those things. Um, a lot of transitions. I mean, you're young. You're like, what, early 20s? Yeah, I'm 25. Right? I usually don't 20, say that okay. publicly, but yeah. Okay. Early, <laughs> but, but I mean, listen, bro, like I have a, I have a decade of life on you. Um, but the many of the experiences and the successes that you've seen in the space, specifically in esports, is really cool. And not only that, to get, I mean, let's just be real. Like Christian universities right now are typically full of the the decision makers are sort of like white, stuffy old dudes, right? And they're typically not like, you know what I want to talk about today? Um, esports. That's that's usually not like on the top of their list. So the fact that, you know, your story has compelled a Christian university mm-hmm. and like a guy who's, you know, a guy who's, you know, yeah, youth ministry, but in his 80s, right? Yeah. Who's saying, nah, like I still want to be in the game of reaching yeah. people for Jesus and reaching youth for Jesus means that we change how we're doing things and we, you know, operate in new zones, new spaces. So freaking cool um, to hear what's going on. Now you hear that from the outside though, and I'm sure you're sitting here like someone's listening, like, dang, like that is like the dude's got the world, right? He's got all the PCs. He's got the broadcasting booth. He's got the he's got the youth esports. He's got the collegiate team, right? He's got Christianity Today. He's got all the stuff. But I'm sure that fighting for all of those things and amongst all of the highs, there there's some realities in which there's probably been some stuff that's been rather difficult yeah. in that season too. And as we help people count the cost, tell us a little bit about the things that maybe aren't, you, they're not going to make the headlines. They're yeah, not going to make the headlines, right? Um, well, when I was an undergraduate student, I spent over 4,000 hours live on camera. Um, I didn't go to any group hangouts or anything. Um, I had this mm. radical call from God. I mean, I had my youth pastor called me crazy and we're like, you know, you just want to go play video games. Um, when I first quit my internship my freshman year um, in college to go and pursue this line of ministry. And um, that's totally understandable. Like there was no hard feelings there at all. Um, and God's sovereignty. Six years later, I reconnected with that youth pastor and he's actually good friends with John Rush. And um, so there's a mm-hmm. cool connection that was there that God brought us together. Um, and he was just like, I was like, man, when you get, when you told us that you wanted to quit the internship, like you believe you thought you wanted to go be lazy and play video games. He's mm-hmm. like, I got to take that one on the chin. And um, his name's Sam. And uh, I love that guy. He's, he's walked with me through a lot uh, when I was in high school. And um, so, I mean, other than, not, not rejection from peers, but just being alone um, and people not really getting it. Um, I mean, I really, all of my buddies, like my friend Liam, my best man, um, and all my buddies, they'd invite me to stuff to go hang out like all the time. Um, and it was just like, no, sorry, like I'm live, like I'm live, I'm live. And it's, and it's like, I don't know how I did it, honestly, because like now when I try to stream as much as I was streaming, then like I physically can't take it. Like there was just this supernatural <laughs> drive 
that was just every day, like six hours after class. And I was knocking out my homework. I'd wake up at six in the morning. I would do my homework between 6 a.m. and 8.30 a.m. So I'd be sitting there getting ready, listening to my audiobook of whatever my book was for that class as I was getting ready in the morning so I could go in and knock out the test that I had to take, that quiz I had to take that day. And so full-time student doing this six hours a day, um, girlfriend, which is now my wife. I mean, she was, she's over in the room with me, like every single day, just like sitting there off to the side, just like being supportive. Um, and I mean, to have that level of support from her, uh, was just, I mean, looking back, it's like, man, I really should have given her more time. And, um, I'm thankful, um, just for the blessing that she's been, because again, I wouldn't have been able to do this, uh, with, without her and the people that God's placed strategically in my life, like guys like Sam. Um, and so, that that was probably one of the hardest things is the, uh, the the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. Um, I don't know if you've started hearing other people in the space kind of say that. Um, but that's I've been, been saying that since we launched. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's been a, it's been a problem for like five years now is like we this is the only time in human history that we can instantaneously share the gospel with someone anywhere in the world. It's like mm. this is the invention of the printing press 2.0. Like, why are we not taking advantage of technology and utilizing it? Um, because like, man, we hit Jerusalem, we hit Judea, we hit Samaria and I'm pretty sure we're like at the ends of the earth. So we should be taking this with a lot more seriousness. Um, but COVID was terrible in a lot of ways. A lot of people died and were sick from it, but in a lot of ways it also woke the church up. Um, I had so many people come up to me like, man, like, can you teach us how to run our church live stream? Can you, you know, come and work with us here and do this? And, um, I remember one of my buddies was like really upset about it because a lot of people were making fun of him for it. Um, when he first got into this space and, uh, I just had to talk with him and I was like, man, what an awesome opportunity we have to show people grace and to, and to, and to replicate what we've done. Wow. What an opportunity we have now to be able to teach other people how to do this. And so, um, there's the, the, the loneliness side of stuff. Um, thankfully even, even, even still having, you know, two institutions that support, uh, everything that we're doing, um, like just having like brothers to run with that are in the space that are here locally, like, man, like I, I'd love to have more guys and there's, there's, there's never a shortage of work to be done. I've been working 11 hour days now for the last like two months now since our season started. And uh, it's like, man, like I would love to have like an uh, assistant director or something like that to, to help teach how to do this. Um, Cause really like what my dream would be, would be to teach people how to do everything that God's really taught me how to do. Um, and there's a lot of mistakes and things that could have been done faster if I had learned how to do them. And so I want to be able to replicate this so that it can go bigger than just my sphere of influence. Cause I'm just one person. So, um, I would say that's probably the biggest challenge. Um, obviously the financials is a huge challenge for anybody that's in the space. I mean, I'm working, I'm teaching two classes. So that's basically one job cause that takes several hours, many hours a week. Um, I'm running this youth program and I'm running this college program. And so that's three jobs right there. And then if you throw in stream, uh, cause I do have sponsors, thankfully that support, it's not anywhere near like part-time or full-time, but like it's about three and a half jobs. And when I have free time on weekends, I'm working out on a farm, uh, here outside of town just to make ends meet for my family. Cause I believe that's my responsibility, uh, biblically. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, just, um, if you know that, uh, God's, God's, in it. Um, I mean, it's, he's going to provide a way and it's not going to be easy. Um, it's not glamorous. A lot of days it's like, man, I'd rather just go work at the gas station down the street and make almost six figures just, uh, you know, <laughs> putting stuff yeah. on trucks, um, or go to, go to Panda Express for 18 hours or uh, 18 bucks an hour and I'd be making more. Um, but it's, I know this is where God's called me at. And, um, I truly feel like if I try to 
go off on my own track, life is going to be really terrible because I've done that in the past, especially before I was a believer and I don't want to mm-hmm. do that. And, um, he does have a tendency to just, uh, kind of throw a rope around my, uh, my neck and pull me where he wants me to go. It <laughs> seems like I'm not full on Calvinist, but uh, there's some days where it's like, all right, God, you got me here and you're not letting me out. So, well, so you and I, you, you and I are both, uh, we lean on the Calvinist side of the fence probably. Right? Um, <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, well, listen, I, uh, so all of that, I think is, uh, there's a couple of things in that that I think are really good. And I think that a lot of times, right, when they, when people watch and they feel some initial calling into this and they're like, and I had this exact experience, right? Mm-hmm. I was watching GSC. I was watching Susie. I was watching a handful of others. And I was like, man, I could go do that. And I remember when we launched Lux that my thought was, this is going to be so freaking cool. Part of my job is going to be live streaming and playing video games. I'm going to incorporate things that I love into this God that I love. And that seems so ideal. And I, I really did believe that that was going to be part of it. But what you, but what you don't see is the 11 hour days. What you, what you don't see is the sacrifices that says, yeah, my relationship suffered. My friendship suffered. I sacrificed all of these experiences that I would have had in college. I didn't have any of them. Like I didn't, I don't share in any of those memories with people. They have those memories together. Yeah. I don't have any of those memories because I was live six hours a day. I was in the ministry. I was in the trenches. I was, and by the way, did you know that I have to do all of these things now to make ends meet? When you look at this and you think, man, I'm rolling in it. The reality is, is that this is still hard ground. I, I tell, I tell people all the time that the, the soil is fertile, but yeah. it's untilled. Right. And so it's just hard. Oh, it's yeah. hard work. It's hard ground. It's long hours. It's discouragements and huge encouragements. It's a huge roller coaster emotionally to be in this area of ministry right now. I think yeah. it's really good to see that you've had that experience. And yeah, we can sit here and we can talk about all of like the really good stuff. But the the true the true the truth of it is like there's there's a very real day to day grind not just with content creation, but with being in this area of gaming ministry at all. Oh, 100%. I think for the first two years, I took maybe three lunch breaks. I missed lunch <laughs> almost every single day because I was just doing so much. Um, so, yeah, dude, no, I love I love your analogy there. Um, and, and really, like, we're kind of the forerunners in the space, you know. I mean, maybe Jesus comes back in, like, a year or two years or so, but maybe it's 10 years. And so we're the ones that are, like, carving this ground out and kind of making a path. This is This is a... We're, we're, we're in the wilderness and we have a machete and we're cutting the path that people are going to walk on to get to this area, you know, in the future. So yeah, it's mm. not, uh, not easy, but, um, I do believe God's in it. I mean, I really wouldn't have stayed if, if it wasn't for the salvations that I've seen, like if it wasn't for people like accepting Christ and there being legitimate fruit, like I would just go find another job. So, yeah. Well, tell me a little bit about the discernment process then, because, yeah. you know, you said there was this point in college where you kind of went and you were like, you know what? I'm going to quit my internship and I'm going to stream six hours a day. And there was this supernatural drive in you, yeah. which is really compelling. But you you probably, there was probably at least some discernment or some aha moment that said, oh my gosh, I got to go quit my internship. Um, 
Tell us about that discernment process and what that looked like yeah. for you. Because there's going to be people who are listening to this who are thinking about, well, if I'm going to do this for real, I have to quit my job. I have to tell my family. Yeah. I have to tell my pastor. I have to tell my friends that this is what I want to do. And they're all going to yeah. think all I want to do is play video games. Yeah. Um, so you actually had that experience. So tell us about that discernment process and how you became so convinced. Um, I mean, well, people that were in leadership above me, so like at the university, like I, I I wrote a paper about it talking about specifically like this is what I want this scholarship for so I can get a broadcasting PC. I, I already need a new computer so I could type stuff on. Um, and since I live here in town with my family, I can do all my papers on a desktop. So and I get a scholarship so I can broadcast, but also because I need one for classwork. And so I want to be able to use this as a ministry platform. So I got a $1,500 scholarship um, and that's from a ministry department. Um, with, with a Dean that's in his seventies and he's one of the most awesome people and biggest supporters of everything. Um, and he didn't, he didn't really get it, you know, um, for, for a while, but I mean, meeting with these guys that are, you know, Titans of the faith that are scholars, um, and talking with them and spending hours in their offices, um, and making sure that like I'm in the word and I'm growing in my relationship with Jesus is the first and most important thing, because if, God's not sitting on the throne of your heart, then your desires are going to be the thing that's driving you. Um, and so first and foremost, like, are you solid in your walk with the Lord? Like, is your obedience there with God? Um, and if it's not, then that needs to be, that needs to be right because it says that his word is a lamp to our feet. And it says that, you know, in the beginning was the word. So are you spending time with Jesus? Are you spending time in the physical word and the logos um, so that you can have that lens to look through in order to make decisions for your life? And so, um, you can't just be gaming for 10 hours a day and then think, oh man, this is, this is cool. I'm a Christian. I want to play video games and, you know, so, um, I survived a miraculous car wreck. Um, my senior year in high school after a suicide attempt, I don't know if you know this, um, if you've ever heard me share my story, but, um, my senior year in high school, I tried to commit suicide. Um, and I wrecked my car and rolled it for like 40, 50 yards. Um, and I got out of that car wreck without a scratch and I went to a place and got help in Tulsa um, for a few weeks and I was going to have to repeat my senior year, but my dad was able to pull some strings because he's in the psychology field and I got out on, um, not good behavior. Cause it sounds like I went to prison. I didn't go to prison, but, um, I had to show basically that, you know, I was mentally stable. And so, um, several months go by, um, I had my like authentic, like salvation moment, um, where I realized how badly I needed God's grace. Cause I'd been going to a Christian camp for the last two years before then. And um, I'd been getting into apologetics, so I was starting to know God intellectually. Um, and I really loved apologetics and theology because it's like, man, I can logically believe in this and it makes sense with the world that's actually in front of me. And so um, sharing my testimony online on that app on uh, YouNow, um, it was just like this feeling that I'd never felt before. Um, and the responses that we were getting from people uh, and, and we would stay up like super late a lot of nights just streaming. And actually, the guy that was my very first follower on that app on you now is one of my longest subs on my Twitch channel, like eight mm. years later. Um, his name's Noah. And so yeah, I mean, for people who think relationships online aren't real and that you can't develop them over stream, um, Noah is proof that you're wrong, by the way. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> and, and, and Noah and I spent tons of time like um, like talking about depression, talking about mental health. Um, having really hard conversations. Um, there was many days where it was just Noah and I in chat together. Um, and then I'd have my friend Cody, his gamer tag was Jumanji. So it'd be Jumanji, me and Noah. And we'd be sitting there talking and I'd be playing Borderlands 2 with Jumanji and it would just be us talking to Noah. And um, so, yeah, man, I mean, just really seeing um, people's response and how important it was, the mental health 
depression hadn't really hit the level that it is at now. Um, it was still kind of like, there's only a few of those kids that are like struggling with it. Um, but like, it's, it was still kind of seen as like, Oh, you're depressed. Like you're weak type thing. Mm. Um, and so the perception of depression, um, isn't what it is now. And it's not as widespread. Neither was anxiety, um, really during that time. So this was kind of before, um, I would, I would say that really started to, to take place, but I saw it on the rise because it was so important and I was struggling with it. And I knew if I was struggling with it this bad, that there had to be other people. Um, and so I knew that if God could heal me from that, and if he could save me from the dark night of my soul, he could do that for anybody because I was, I was a mess, man. Like I, I was just, my identity was in the wrong things. Um, it was in stupid stuff that high school guys put their identity in. Um, and I knew that, uh, and that if God could do it for me, then he could do it for anybody on the internet, um, anywhere. So mm. there was just this, eh, this, this being used by the spirit that I can't explain it other than if you have ever experienced that yourself. Mm. Well, man, there, there's so much in that, that I would, I would love to unpack. We're not going to unpack all of it, but I think there's two things. One throughout the people that we've talked to, we asked them about their discernment process and what's really cool is I, I am convinced that the Holy Spirit speaks to us in different ways, right? Sometimes he speaks to us through pain. You certainly had that experience. Sometimes mm. the Holy Spirit speaks to us through open doors. Sometimes the Holy speaks to us just convincingly through dreams and visions. Sometimes that Holy, Holy Spirit speaks to us through other people, right? And you have a bunch of those things in play. But one of the things that was really clear was your humility and willingness to submit yourself to the authority of older figures who yeah. you respected, who spoke into your life and encouraged this in you. And to be able to say, listen, there are people in my life who were discouraging it, but there were specific people that were behind it. And I saw, I had people in my life that were able and willing to speak into it and that I respected their discernment process. And really in many ways, yeah, you were passionate about this. You wanted to do it. You saw the opportunity, but you also delegated some of your discernment, right? Some yeah. of it was like, I applied for this scholarship. And if these professors who are much older than me and have walked in the faith much longer than me see value in, in this, then I am delegating the discernment of what, what does God see for me? And in my future, I'm, I'm putting that in their hands. Yeah. And there's substantial wisdom in that. There's huge wisdom in that. And at different stages of my life, I've seen that exact same thing play out, right? Yeah. Where I remember when I first came into youth ministry, I delegated some of my theology to my senior pastor. It was like, I don't know where I land on this, 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 and this. Where do you land on it? Um, I'll trust that you've studied your Bible, right? I I'll trust that what you're passing down to me is true. Yeah. And that was true for a lot of the discernment process. And then the other thing that I think was just an absolute freaking golden nugget in that was the story about Noah and and yes the idea that you have Noah still around is amazing right you built relationship with him but this idea that I was just handing out hanging out with my buddy playing Borderlands and we were talking to Noah yeah because there's so many streamers who get in the space and if they have a viewer that's engaging with them they are discouraged because mm -hmm. they they want the raid from Tim the Tat Man they want the hundred plus viewers on our IRL streams every night what they don't see is the 4,000 hours grinding and yeah. many of those hours spent talking to Noah. Yeah. Um, that his story matters, that his adventure matters, that his spiritual story matters. And he's a real person with a real yeah. story, with a real narrative and knowing that narrative and being able to impact that narrative. And 
walking along with him, right? Not just sort of as like uh, a notch on your belt, but you genuinely know him, right? Yeah. That matters. And so if you're starting in this space and you have a Noah, like you have a whoever it might be, right? Like, yeah. uh, you know, you know, Cod Slayer 115 and Cod Slayer 115 is in your stream every time you go live and you're learning their story, that that doesn't make mm. you a failure, right? That yeah. that person's story matters, their narrative matters, their spiritual journey matters to God, and it should matter to you. Yeah. Don't be discouraged by the one. That's an encouragement to me, to be honest with you, because you know what? That For me right now, that's Mad Wheels. I'm back to streaming card games, and on Friday nights, I'm streaming, and no one shows up. You know mm. shows up on Friday nights? Mad Wheels. And I'm like, I don't think I want to stream on Friday anymore. I don't get yeah. any viewers. And it's like... Mm. No, I don't get enough viewers to make me feel arrogant. <laughs> yeah, I get dang. viewers. I get Mad Wheels every yeah. Friday. Yeah. Um, and that person matters to God and it should matter to me. And so I think that there's there's just something beautiful in that about because when you get into the space, there's a constant push and pull at your heart between success and mission. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you don't keep your heart and mind bent on mission, you will get discouraged and you will check out before 100%. God ever gives you success. Yeah, hundred percent. And that's taken me back so much because it's like, I guess just the thought that I had as you were pointing that out and uh, the significance of that is if you don't know how to treat one person, imagine how much of a mess it's going to be when God sends a hundred people your way. Mm. And like, I remember hearing the Holy spirit speak to me when Tim raided me and it was like, all right, I've given you a platform now. Are you still going to honor me with it? And I instantly, I was in the, in the middle of a destiny Two raid. It was like the final boss of, um, I don't remember which one it is crown or something like that. I, okay. I don't even remember. And, um, Tim raided me for 26,000 people. And I just knew clearly like, this is my, I need to share my testimony. And so I just very short version of mental health, depression, suicide, and knowing that God loves you and he has a purpose for your life. That's bigger than anything that you could even imagine. And people were like, Oh, what the, what the, you know, heck is this? And not saying the most kind things in chat. Um, but it was like, there was like maybe two or three guys that like really stuck with me and hung out with me for the rest of that summer. Um, and I, it, it was just like, what's the point, you know, like, okay, you have, it, it, I mean, it's the same philosophy with like youth groups and stuff. Like if you have 200 kids, but like none of them are accepting Christ, it's like, why does that even matter? You know, like, What's getting etched into eternity with the conversations that you're having? Yeah, you know, I I am yet to see hype written in uh, in the book of First uh, Corinthians where Paul outlines spiritual gifting. Um, I <laughs> I'm all for people that can gather people and build hype, um, but you know, there there's got to be some more substance to it than that as you're getting into this. And man, praying through that, discerning through that, really powerful stuff. So let me ask you this, John, as we ask every person who comes on the NCMU podcast this, we want to multiply your impact, right? We want mm-hmm. to say, hey, for the 40 people or maybe eventually one day 400 people who listen to the show on the regular, right? Whoever, Whoever's tuning in, um, you're not going to be able to sit down and meet with every single one of them. Yeah. Um, but now you can, right? Now you can share some stuff with them. So tell us this, uh, I mean, what, 2017? Is that when you first started going live somewhere around there? Yeah, 2016, 2017. Yeah. Okay, so let's let's cycle back to let's just cycle back to the guy who just got word that he got a fifteen hundred dollars scholarship to buy a PC. You just mm-hmm. you just got that. You now know you're you're gonna go buy a, a pre built PC and you're gonna start streaming. 
Yeah. Tell that guy something that you know today that you wish you would have known that John O should have known. Mm, the thing that I think about a lot is like, man, there's a lot of stuff that's been going on, but like how many people really know what's going on? Um, like what, why don't you capture these moments and document these as well as you possibly can? So that way people can see the fruit of it. Um, cause the, the stories are there and the people are there, but, um, and it's like, I wish I went back and I'd clipped some of those moments and the, the hundreds and hundreds of conversations that I've had with people, uh, tough conversations, uh, just about whatever about life. Um, just so that way people like outside of the space would have that for encouragement. People new that are getting into it, um, would, would be able to see that and be motivated. Um, and I think that probably we don't realize the value of our story, um, and the importance of it. And obviously God knows it. Um, and it's being written into eternity, but how powerful would it be if someone could just look back and, and witness the story with you? Uh, so I think, um, don't get so caught up in the grind that, uh, you forget to, uh, I guess, value it and, and, and save it for motivation later. I love that. I love that. Uh, one of the things that I told Greg, you know, when we got into what we're doing now at Lux, um, I had a decade of ministry experience under my belt and I had built a youth ministry from six kids to 140 or 130 kids and, um, had run different levels of responsibility in our church. And so I had some experience building things from, from start. Um, and I knew going into that, which is what you're sharing here, which is really that there are going to be some very sweet moments at the beginning. And when things grow, you will not realize how much you will miss them. Yeah. Um, you won't realize how much you'll miss those sweet first months, the sweet first years when you actually could spend all the time with Noah. Yeah. When you actually could know that story before things grew and before things, you know, caught on or found success before you built something to what it is today that there are really good moments at the beginning and not just remembering those things, but documenting those things. I remember telling Greg when we first launched Lux, um, we were in the basement of my hundred year old house and there was a night that it rained and the basement flooded. And so I have mm. cables and wires and stuff drug through my basement from a stream room with no ventilation, no airflow out to a room that we put up a false wall in to hide literally a sewer pipe in the backdrop of my shot. And nice. I'm standing in a soaked piece of carpet, um, preaching from it. And it was like, we could be discouraged about this, but I was like, Greg, like capture this, like take pictures because yeah. we are going, like, there's going to be a day that we're really going to want to remember the time that we had to, we had to tie a computer boom arm to the ceiling with a piece of rope so that we could hang the monitor every week. <laughs> like, yeah. That like that moment, this sort of like grungy, sort of scrappy. Yeah. We don't have anything, so just do what we can with what we have at our disposal. Like mm -hmm. those moments are gonna matter and be significant, right? The moment that you do duct tape the webcam to the wall so yeah. that you can get the shot that you want. <laughs> you yeah. know, those moments are important and and those stories are important. So capturing them now, because you're not gonna be able to capture them later, is important. I freaking love that. And I think it's for God's glory too. Um, trying to think of like a cheesy way to make it rhyme. So it catches or, or sticks, <laughs> little, but some quick wordsmithing on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I guess what came to mind was like, 
don't forget to capture the story so that God gets the glory so that people mm. can, when, when they look yeah. back at your story, it's like, man, like there's no doubt in my mind that God's hand was in that because it was this person in this conversation and this door that was open. And it was this, this mentor that, that helped you to make this decision this way, um, this nudging from the spirit. And so when you look back and you see all that, because when you're climbing a mountain, it's like, man, that's really brutal. Like, it's like, you're climbing the face of this mountain. All you can do is like, look at the, at the rock right in front of you. And it's one day at a time you're chiseling away at it. You're climbing to the top. But then when you get to the top of that and you look back, you can see the beautiful Valley and the entire journey and everything that you had to go across. And it's like, if you miss that and you don't capture that, uh, that struggle that's in it, it's like, man, like you want God to get the glory and you, and you want people to see the journey, um, and not just the, the plateau. So, Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. This concept of capturing it, not so you have your own highlight reel, but really so that you can do a high re- highlight reel for what God has done yeah. uh, along the way. Um, and not only that, right. So people can count the cost. Um, well, man, this has been really awesome. I appreciate you so much for coming on the show. And Jono, it's always a joy and a pleasure when you and I get the chance to either hang out or catch up. Um, so, man, I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you, bro. Yeah. And listen, guys, if you'd like to meet Jono in person, you have the opportunity to do that. Um, show up in Marble Falls, Texas on November the 8th through the 10th for the Nerd Culture Ministry Summit. Um, Jono is going to be there with us uh, and he is going to be on uh, a panel. Uh, he's going to be on a panel um, along with, I believe, uh, Amanda Souza from God Squad Church, Mama Llama Face, who recently transitioned to kick and has just been freaking killing it. Um, and then there is there's one other there's one other guy with you, and I'm like literally blanking on who it is, which is terrible. I think, <laughs> but like try to podcast. You're gonna be there to find out. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I guess, I guess that's what it is. Uh, no, I found it. It's pastor scar, uh, oh, from nice. scar ministries as well. That's a great panel. Um, yeah, who will be in from Australia and we're going to be talking about how to engage in gaming culture and engage in, in nerd ministry from multiple different aspects. It's going to be a, like a live Q and a, you ask these guys anything. What an awesome opportunity to come and hang out, meet Jono in person, but then also to be able to participate in the panel and the various awesome speakers that we have. Uh, we just found out that like the art director and, and, and sound director from Riot is going to be there, um, and he's going to be speaking as well, which oh. is super freaking dope, um, and who, who's a believer, which is like so cool, and to hear from the perspective of one of the biggest companies in gaming uh, in terms, terms of game development and esports uh, will be there with us. So you do not want to miss out on Nerd Culture Ministry Summit coming up in November. So go to ncmsummit.com and pick up your ticket right now and come and join us in Marble Falls, Texas this November. I will be there. Jonna will be there. I'm telling you right now, I'm just speaking it. You will be there as well. So we hope to see you guys then. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the NCMU Podcast and be sure to come back for the next episode. been listening to the NCMU podcast with hosts Mark Lutz of Lux Digital Church and Bubba Stalkup of Love Thy Nerd. NCMU is a member of the Love Thy Nerd podcast network and available on all major podcasting platforms. The NCMU podcast is part of a greater movement called the Nerd Culture Ministry Collective. You can get more information about this show, our guests, and how you can join our Nerd Culture Ministry Collective Discord server by visiting 
ncmcollective.com. Thank you.